0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number to the blaze. 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Feel free to email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, which is apparently accepting likes for us now because we are seeing as much traffic on that Facebook page as we have probably in the last four or five years. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. The last name is D-E-A-C-E, by the way. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample or share, go to youtube.com slash Dace, youtube.com slash dace. If you're going to look at YouTube clips today, you're going to listen on the podcast. First of all, if you're a podcast listener, consider, if you haven't done so already, leaving us a five-star review because the more of those we get, it certainly helps the show to grow. And we appreciate the thousands of those that you've given us already. But if you're thinking of becoming a Blaze TV subscriber for the first time or doing it again after letting it lapse now is the perfect time to do so we're taking thirty dollars off the cost of an annual subscription right now uh so it's just about five dollars and change a month so you can watch us live on blaze tv every day the overtime that we do every day today's topic by the way is if you have the constitutional right to vote in wisconsin how come you don't have the constitutional right to have a easter church service we're going to discuss that today in the overtime. So if you want to get access to that, $5 and change. That's all it costs to, to to watch us. I've got to believe we're at least worth that. If we're not, there's at least somebody here at the Blaze. With the vast array of talent we have assembled, somebody here at the Blaze is worth $5.80 and something cents a month. All right? BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's BlazeTV.com slash Dace. We are hoping to have a special guest with us here at the bottom of the hour. However... He's on daddy duty. So if he cannot join us, we're going to look at some of his recent work and comment on that coming up here again at the bottom of the hour next hour. We're going to have, and I I hope anyway, a fascinating conversation for pop culture Tuesday. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pardon the pun. We're going to break the, uh, we're going to break the fifth seal here and go to a place that in the past I have been loath to go But I certainly believe the occasion calls for it now. And then fake news or not. I watched a video last night. It's posted on my Facebook page as well as my Twitter account. Uh, A gentleman that uh, has spent over 30 plus years doing modeling and epidemiology. He himself is an epidemiologist. Uh, Spent most of his career at, uh, at the Rockefeller Center College, which I researched that school. It's considered a top 15 medical research institution in the world by the way. So I researched that. That's like a legit like college and that's their specialty, by the way, is medical research. And he's calling BS on Anthony Fauci and his plan. And we're going to, we're going to vet what he has to say coming up in fake news or not next hour. So we have a jam packed show, but of course, first things first, it must begin with Aaron's rundown of what's happened while we were away.
1: What happened while we were away? Brought to you by the ICU. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who has the Wuhan coronavirus, was moved to an intensive care unit yesterday on the advice of his doctors after his symptoms apparently worsened in recent days. A spokesperson for the Prime Minister says, however, Johnson is not on a ventilator. Back stateside, another coronavirus task force briefing. Will we truly get back to normal in this country before there's an actual vaccine that's available to everybody? how, how do you how do you start lifting the restrictions safely
3: yeah well, well john if if back to normal means acting like there never was a coronavirus problem i, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population if you want to get to pre coronavirus virus You know, that might not ever happen in the sense of the the fact that the threat is there.
1: As President Fauci was leaving the press conference, ABC News correspondent John Carl, who asked the question we just heard, salutes Fauci and Fauci replies by making a finger gun motion back at him. That's totes legit, yo. What's also totally legit is Bill Gates continuing to beat the drum for vaccines. Things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. While he also funds a New York University study testing the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine. Speaking of hydroxychloroquine, the New York Times is now concerned about financial ties to drug manufacturers of the medication. The Times said in a story yesterday, quote, if hydroxychloroquine becomes an accepted treatment, several pharmaceutical companies stand to profit, including shareholders and senior executives with connections to the president. Mr. Trump himself has a small personal financial interest in one of the manufacturers, end quote. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is no hope for you. Not to worry, though, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti is committed to keeping you safe. You know the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot talked about why she got a haircut this weekend after threatening Chicago residents with fines or arrest for violating stay-at-home orders.
0: I'm out in the public eye, and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to... Um, have a haircut. I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut.
1: New information from the Department of Homeland Security shows as many as three-quarters of a million people traveled from China directly to the United States after the first reported case of COVID-19 over there. That's 300,000 more than were previously reported. NBC News tweets, U.S. reports 1,264 coronavirus deaths in over 24 hours. Meanwhile, in China, where the pandemic broke out, not a single new coronavirus death was reported. And now this. Professor Newt Witkowski was the head of the Rockefeller University's Department of Biostatistics and Epidemiology for over 20 years. He was interviewed recently about his perspective on Western countries' coronavirus containment efforts.
4: Well, what people are trying to do is to flatten the curve. I don't really know why, but what happens if you flatten the curve, you also prolong to widen it, and it takes more time. Uh, don't see a good reason for a respiratory disease to stay in the population longer than necessary. Well, I'm not paid by the government, so I, I'm entitled uh, to actually do science. Uh, If the government hadn't, if there had been no intervention, the epidemic would have been over. And finally, NBC
1: News Channel 4 out of Washington, D.C. tweets, In a striking moment, Governor Ralph Northam put on his own black face mask. He urged every Virginian to do the same. Yikes. And that's what happened while we were away.
2: Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They've got a special announcement for you to help Americans stay in touch with loved ones during this difficult time. They have reduced their prices even further right now. You can let their U.S.-based team design your customized family plan for as low as 25 bucks, or $35, 45 or 55 bucks. Patriot Mobile will never charge you hidden fees in there as well. And unlike Big Mobile, uh, they won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or gun grabbers either. That's because Patriot Mobile is the only Only mobile phone company that supports conservative values that you believe in and switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, even buy a new one, but you can join their family of freedom loving Americans today and get a free activation. Plus they'll send you a free gift, a free activation plus a free gift, plus their cheapest rates ever. There's never been a better time to do this than right now. Call 972-PATRIOT, that's 972-PATRIOT, or visit their website, patriotmobile.com, that's patriotmobile.com and slash Steve for the discount there, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve couple of quick notes on Aaron's montage before we get to something that uh, I want to share with uh, Todd and Aaron and, and you in the audience to get your reaction to it. We're going to have more from Newt Witkowski. That's the figure. We gave you a little tease there that we talked about a minute ago. That's going to be front and center during fake news or not. Um, that number that uh, our research team here at The Blaze came up with, 750,000. Now, we were un- operating under the premise it's been 430,000 since January, according to The New York Times, 40,000 of whom. Came after Trump called for a ban from travel or ban uh, for travel from China. Uh, which which was what, January 31st, I believe, right? Yeah, because yeah. it was 40 days. March 11th is when WHO declared this a pandemic. And it was 40 days before that, that Trump called for the shutting down of travel from China. And we still had over 40,000 people come and go from China after that ban. Well, our research team went back and uh, just here at The Blaze and decided, well, how many people has it been since the first recorded case of that, we know of anyway. We, we, we know the first recorded case is early as November, I wanna say 17th. I think, it, but that's what we know. It could even be earlier than that. And people, I mean, Wuhan is in a very, uh, it's, it's in a, it's, this is not some podunk area of China, by the way. This is an area that people travel back and forth to frequently. Um, and our crack research team went back and, and ran the numbers three quarters of a million people. Three quarters of a million, folks. Th- let, me, let me put that in some context for you. Um, a city like uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That That's more people, a lot more people that live in that entire city. That live in that entire city. There are cities that have NFL franchises. And I'm not just talking about Green Bay, like Jacksonville, Florida, that don't have that many people or maybe right around that many and that's how many we have taken in since at least what we're being told is the first recorded case and i i have a i got to take this from somebody i'd give I, i forgot their name otherwise i'd give them credit but it was actually some GOP flack that tweeted this out earlier. I retweeted it. If you go into my Twitter feed at Steve Day Show, you'll see who it is. So he, he can get credit for this. I just forgot his name. But I think we have a, a solution to the dilemma of whether we can trust China's, China's data or not. Just simply tell the NBA to go play all their games now in China. Uh, perfect. I mean, after, after all, they, they clearly have a, have a huge regard for the Chinese regime. They're frustrated that they can't play games right now, right? Just just tell them I, to go play all their play
0: all their games in China. I am shocked. Steve Kerr isn't very publicly leading the charge for that right now, indeed. aren't you?
2: Indeed, indeed. And and so, what? I, who knows? Maybe they haven't had a case. Now, I'm highly dubious of this. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm I'm not buying it. But I've been wrong before. I could be wrong about that too. How, let's find out just have the NBA go play the rest of its regular season in China. Don't you think that's perfectly reasonable? They can if, they, they can all jump on private planes that are sanitized so they don't have to fly a commercial and go uh, fly over to China and play the rest of their games.
0: Have you tweeted that yet?
2: I did retweet it. I, I stole it from somebody else. Okay. I just, I, it's, I, well. I, like I said, I forgot his name. Otherwise, I want to give him credit, but it's somewhere in my Twitter feed. You'll find it. Okay. And then uh, the, the new stance is, now that we're actually getting some prom- promising data um from people that are actively using hydroxychloroquine or is it chloroquine which one is it? Chloroquine. Chloroquine. All right. Including the, the 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 governor of New York state yesterday.
0: <laughs> Let's be it's the drug that doesn't work because you hate old people. Yes. That's what it is. Pronunciation yes. really is irrelevant.
2: Yes. Um I mean he was he was boosting it yesterday. Okay? So the, the new media stance is that, because that's, that's what Trump, you're right, man. He's sitting around wondering whether he can get another uh, two to three, $4 million dividend on an investment. That's probably part of an overall portfolio that is so vast. He doesn't, he can't even name off the top of his head, all the things he's invested in. You're smiling because okay?
0: it's so crazy, but this is just flat out enemy of the people. You, you stuff. bet it, it is. Just you is. must
2: die. You must die because a billionaire All right, who who a million here and a million here there to him is nothing. Okay, Um, you must die because a billionaire might add 002 percent of of a return of an ROI to his already overall vast uh, wealth portfolio uh, and investment portfolio. I mean, and that that, folks, Todd, you're right. That that is enemy of the people stuff. I, I and the fact that they think about think about the effort they went to. To connect those dots, by the way. And you have to understand the level of, of hate and vitriol. If you've never worked in the culture of a newsroom, Todd, you and I have, that is not just something even now when everybody is allegedly not in the, in the newsroom and at home, even now, that's just not something that you just had an idea. You're some hate hate filled lefty in a newsroom, you got this idea and just threw it up on the New York Times blog yourself. It takes chains of people, layers of bureaucracy, all right, for a story like that to get approved, to get published. All right. That's institutional is what that is. That is that is an institutional level of hatred. Because it's a cult. Yes. So I got up this morning and I, I felt um I felt the urge to try to avoid the temptation, particularly now, I, my, my piece that I wrote for The Blaze came out last night, um, just kind of compiling all of the various experts that have come forward to counter the plan that Fauci, and, and to a lesser degree, Debbie Burks, but the, the Fauci-Burks plan. And everything that they have said to counter it. Um, You can go again. This is on my Facebook page. It's pinned to my Twitter account at Steve Dace Show, facebook.com slash Steve Dace. You can get this article. We're not, we're talking about other academics here. This is not, you know, Steve Dace got together with Joel Pollack at Breitbart and uh, Michael Knowles at the Daily Wire. You know, we informed our own little science denier club. And, and, and we've got questions for the guy that runs the National Institutes of Health. That's, that's not what this is. This is other people that operate within the same realm. They're in, they're, they're in on the same you know expertise, a lot of the same scientific premises and viewpoints, and they doubt the path that we have taken that Mr. Fauci has guided us upon. So I got up this morning and I, I just, I want to make sure we don't create a straw man yeah, we're we're vehemently against that on this show, okay? Um, and and so I I tried to put I, I took some time this morning when I got up, and I wanted to answer this question for myself, and then I'm going to share my answer with you. If if you were one of these rival peer groups—Stanford, Oxford, Carnegie Mellon, Rockefeller College, whichever ones now—there's there, Yale. The list of them that have come forward to say. Now the director of the CDC is out this morning saying he doesn't buy it. <laughs> All right, okay. So, is he qualified to argue with Mister Fauci or not? Is, is he qualified? Do you know the guy who runs the CDC? Is, is he allowed to have his own opinion? Do you think or
0: almost certainly no, according no. Yeah, to yes. many blue checks and okay. people in the press.
2: So, I, I don't want to create a straw man. And so, if, if if one of those people came to me and said, "Hey, we're going to hire you to analyze," Why we can't get through to Mister Fauci? What, what's going on here? What, what's the end game of, it, of what happened? And I took some time this morning and I tried to connect some dots of when you look at the decisions that they have made, when they choose to, when they chose to make those decisions, and then and then reconcile them with with the data we currently have, which is difficult to do. What is a what is a theory a, a, a strategic theory from the other side of the room? That Because one of the ways you persuade people, we talk about three-dimensional thinking on this show for years, know why you believe what you believe, know why others believe what they believe, and then know why others believe what they believe about what you believe. You wanna move that third area of persuasion, you need empathy. Where's the other side coming from? And so this is what I came up with. I wanna share it with you. And then you guys tell me what you think, all right? I believe what happened here is that they just freaked out. And I think they freaked out when they saw these apocalyptic models Uh, And those convinced them that this was something much, much worse than it is. And again, I say that from someone, my belief is that the virus has killed more people than we're being told and infected far more people than we're being told. I believe it is worse, not a hoax, not overrated. I think it is worse. I just think it's been here longer. All right. And, and I think that they were convinced by these apocalyptic models that something apocalyptic was about to occur. I think this caused them to act on preserving as many lives as they could with little priority for a long-term plan. And, and I think it's understandable three, four weeks ago to some degree. We didn't really know what we were dealing with. We weren't sure how much of the data from China that we could, we could trust or the WHO. And if, if, you're, if you think people are in a panic now, if 2 million Americans just suddenly started dropping dead, boy, howdy, would that cause a panic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this is a this is a country that hasn't seen an onset pandemic in a century, folks. Before we had radio, mass media, television, before you went to before you saw a talkie at the movie theater. That was the last time we had an onset pandemic in America. So I think they thought this could destabilize the country even more than the mechanisms that they would need to stop that from occurring. I mean, and if you think that's overblown, look how a segment of our society is still trying to panic, even with the promising data we have coming in every day. Every day, the data gets more promising. Yesterday, the governor of New York basically said hospitalizations in his state have gone down 75% in the last four days. And still, if you could go and find people with, with credible followings. I was looking at an econ professor, an econ statistics professor at Michigan yesterday, who, who was convinced that this means the world is about to end. The fact hospitalizations went down. I mean, there's just, even with promising data, look how some people are acting. What would they do if there were 2 million people dropping dead? But I also think this is why they're now stuck as this actual promising data comes in. I think they were too good convincing the public that this was the right approach. And they created their own feedback loop. They bought into some of the panic. They then fed it themselves. Panic fed panic. I remember, do you you remember the HIV outbreak when we were kids? Of course. Did did you guys think at your Wisconsin elementary schools, like we thought in Florida and Michigan, that we were going to get AIDS from sitting on toilet seats?
0: Well, I remember that kind of whisper drifting around. Yes. Yeah, we we
2: had. Was it Ryan White, the young kid that got AIDS from contaminated blood? I don't remember the the blood transfusion or something. I mean, people were frightened that you could get this every which way, other than the way that you normally can actually obtain it. And this kind of reminds me of that. Uh, as well. And now that the real data is coming in, which shows we should have practiced more traditional pandemic herd immunity measures. Now Fauci and Burks are cornered because unless we test for antibodies, we are not sure that we have achieved herd immunity yet. What does that mean? Well, what it means is if you bring everybody back together too soon without herd immunity, you are going to cause another wave. You are going to, that is going to happen. And if you do that, if you give people the all clear and then they come back without herd immunity and there's another wave, (laughs) I mean, can you imagine how people will then react? Some people will react to that. All right. So therefore, I believe they're trying to just ride this out for as long as they can. That's why they're giving you indefinite periods of time. I think that they're just hoping the warmer weather today, it's going to be 80 degrees in Iowa and muggy. I told everybody in the family before I left, open every window in the home and leave them open. I don't care how muggy it gets. We are not turning the air on. I don't care how hot it gets. Everybody outside. All right? All right. I think that they're. I think the reason you're getting so many vague answers is they're hoping to ride this out until the warmer weather burns this thing off like what happened with the first SARS. That's what I believe their game plan is now because they're cornered. They can't bring everybody back too soon. We don't have herd immunity. We, at least we don't know if we do. And then you cause another wave that causes a further panic. So you just try to indefinitely ride this out, get us to May, June, warmer weather. And then we go back to work, open the country back up, That buys them up to six months to be reinforced for the unavoidable second wave that will happen next cold flu, I'm sorry, next flu pneumonia season. Uh, This time though, we'll have more supplies. We'll have better infrastructure to not have to do mass shutdowns for the next flu pneumonia season. When this comes back, we'll have better uh, data on treatments like the hydroxychloroquine or maybe even a Theraflu for COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, We'll have produced millions and millions of test kits. Presumably we'll have the antibody statistical sample testing by then as well. Well, uh, in other words, we'll be prepared to treat this next time like a more serious pneumonia and they will treat it, I believe, next time like they found out too late. They should have done it this time. Um, and then there's the whole vaccine angle. But I mean, that given the history of vaccines, that's like a search for the Holy Grail right now, at least in the timetable that um, that you think it, that you want it to happen. It is. I mean, if you're willing to you know wait 10 or 15 years, I'm guessing they'll have one. But if you think if they're going to have one in the next 10 or 15 months, like I told you last week, grab a Snickers, not going anywhere for a while. Okay. That's my analysis of their end game being as absolutely empathetic as I can, giving them the most benefit of the doubt that I can. Gentlemen, your thoughts.
0: Well, Aaron, you want to go? Cause I've got lots to say on this.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, Initially my gut reaction kind of towards the end of what you're talking about. Let's let's again uh, uh, trying to assign or determine motivations is a fool's is a fool's errand unless you're just going you're just trying to make a framework from what the actions we've seen, you know, that have taken place. I think when you look at a guy like Anthony Fauci or Fauci, however you say it, probably the same way you say hydroxychloroquine. Um, When you look at a guy like that, he's probably he's probably closer to the end of his career than than the beginning. Okay, I think that's probably a fair assumption, don't you think? If you've been working in government, if you've been working at a place like this where you have to and I've read stories about Fauci's. Fauci's frustrations, uh, eternal frustrations with getting funding for things that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. You're at the end of your career and you, and you are faced with responding to a crisis. I think it's very fair. I think it's very fair that he's like, crap, I don't want to screw this up now. I'm going to completely completely err on the side of being way 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 too careful with this well of course ignoring all the things that we'll talk about i think with with uh, fake news or not later on today about actually how to respond to pandemics in the future but he was probably i don't I, i just can't have this on my hands at the end of my career and now as time has gone on as well and he's facing pushback he has to see he has to see other academics and their projections, their their uh, their contentions about our response to this from a public policy, he has to see those. Do you think unless unless you have just a, as a dude, are you more or less likely to ha- to show some humility at the end of your career, especially when you've gone through and seen everything that you've seen, or are you more likely to double down and just be like? Screw this. I'm doing this my way or the highway until until I'm out of here. I I think it's probably the latter. So I don't know that it's any necessary hope (laughs) that uh, this is just going to burn off uh, in the summer. I think that's going to happen to some degree. I I don't think there's any question about that. You look at at uh, states like Arizona and Florida and the, the data coming out of there, you know, hotter climate. That's that's definitely going to happen. I just think at this point fauci fauci is probably just insistent on doubling down because you know what um i've done things the way other people and i've been begging for money my entire career i'm gonna do this my way right now and i i think that's as big of a as a factor as anything
2: and what's the big failure previously of his career he was criticized for not taking the aids crisis uh seriously enough you know 35 40 years ago so Tied to your thoughts?
0: Well, I can't stress enough. If, you, if you've been watching this show, Steve and I and Aaron, we don't all automatically come from the same point of departure on this. The amount of data... And research that Steve has had to do in a very short period of time under pressure to come to the conclusions and researching far and wide and giving everybody the benefit of that, which he has is amazing because I was ready to go on this from the beginning because I started, I've told you a little bit about vaccines and things like that, but What you have to overcome, and my point about this with Steve is what everybody on this has to overcome from the beginning of the time you are born and you become a parent. You are taught to believe that your kid is a ticking time bomb of health if you don't have this magical thing cause of vaccine. It doesn't matter about hygiene, sanitation, first world versus third world. You are born to believe that. I've seen it over and over again whenever I've had this discussion with people for decades now. And that is a very, very hard thing to overcome. And that's why at the beginning when people were poo-pooing the notion of panic, I could see the panic coming a mile away because this is who we are as a people. This was bound to happen sooner or later. And again, if you aren't built to default to something other than fear, you were going to get steamrolled by this thing. So uh, I agree with every sentiment that steve said but it's i don't it's that dialed up to 11 it's that on steroids we, we were a ticking time bob in terms of being able to deal with this thing as adults because of the lies we've been telling ourselves now for decades and again email your thoughts on that to me if you want to but i i defy you to believe otherwise based on what you've seen now
2: When we come back, we hope to be joined by a special guest. If not, we're going to look at some of the things he has recently said that has made him uh, a bit of uh, an on demand in demand guest as well as a target. And we'll introduce you to him one way or another when we come back. A lot of you right now are looking at homeschooling because you've been forced to. Now, we did it voluntarily for many years at our home. Actually, we still are with our youngest daughter. Our son now uh, is uh, is back home again because Des Moines Christian, like the rest of the schools in Iowa, are out like pretty much all the schools in the country are. So we're kind of back to where we started from. But uh, maybe you're figuring out, maybe we can do this on a regular basis. You know, it's kind of fitting into our lifestyle a little bit better than I thought. Um but you're concerned about curriculum, and those sorts of things. That was our big concern too uh, before uh, we started uh, homeschooling at our house several several years ago. Well, this is where our friends over at Freedom Project Academy come in. Uh, and this has been the brainchild of our good buddy, Dr. Duke Pesta. He's a tenured professor of English at the University of Wisconsin. And he is the director of Freedom Project Academy. And what, I, what we love the most about it, our son Noah was in this for several years before he went to Des Moines Christian. Uh, it's an accredited classical online school. It's built on Judeo-Christian values for students K through 12 completely interactive educational experience students attend live classes with other students across the country from the comfort and safety of their own home and what I loved the most about it was the emphasis that it places on critical thinking we're going to talk to somebody here in a moment who has done a whole bunch of critical thinking the last couple of weeks so if you want to learn more about Freedom Project Academy uh, go to freedomforschool.com and get your re- and request your free information packet today get your free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. We have a special guest with us today. Alex Berenson has become uh, a bit of uh, a thing on on the interwebs uh, because uh, he's a former New York Times reporter. He just started doing what we started doing on this show uh, from day one, when we looked at these initial models and my background is not in mathematics, but my background is research and data and analysis. And I start looking at the soft underbelly of some of their conclusions and looking at how their math doesn't add up. They're admitting they don't know how the, the, the virus is transmitted, but trust their projections anyway. And it just uh, made my spidey sense tingle and when you start realizing that you're out there on a contrarian limb with your you-know-what just kind of flopping out there for all to see, you start looking for kindred spirits. And I found this guy uh, and have been following his work over the last couple of weeks, and he's with us now. Alex, it's good to have you with us. Uh, Welcome to the Steve Day Show here on The the Blaze.
3: Steve, thanks so much for having me. And and I want to say right now, I think there's probably a lot of things you and I wouldn't agree on. Sure. I don't want homeschooling. I want the schools to reopen. I want my kids to go back to school. Um, but, uh, but, you know, this is not about uh, left or right or center. This is just about uh, reality and whether the hospitals are filling up because we are doing an enormous amount of damage to our economy, to our society, and honestly, to our public health with these lockdowns. And if we're going to do them, we better be sure that they're working and that they're necessary. And, um, and that's all I've been trying to point out.
2: And I think, with from my background, Alex is, I, I, and 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 uh, Alex is on daddy duty, so we're warning America now. But we're a pro family show, so we're okay with that. Uh, but uh,
3: by the way, my mom, my mom, my, my, that's a weird flip. My wife runs a COVID unit at a hospital. She's a physician in in Westchester County, which is north of New York City. So she. Is seeing what's going on. So anyway, I'm starting to
2: now. That's okay. I think that's an important point. Is do you have a first person perspective. Our producer Aaron's wife uh, that you spoke to when we when we lined you up here. Uh, she's a nurse here at a hospital in the heart of the city of Des Moines. So we so we look at her first person perspective of this as well. And just to give you a little of my background, even though I'm I'm a pretty solid uh, right wing conservative, I tend to be fairly contrarian within my own camp. I'm not big on tribalism. I'm not big on uh, on uh, you know um, what about ism uh, I've mercilessly mocked that stuff on my show. And the fact that when I started doing this research, the fact that I found myself agreeing with people at Carnegie Mellon, Yale, Oxford, and actually made me think maybe there's something to this. Where if it was only a whole bunch of people that agree with me politically, I might have been more tempted, Alex, to to, to restrain myself in questioning it. But the fact that there are other people within the very same academic circles as Dr. Fauci, De- Dr. Burks, uh, Imperial College, etc., that have a lot of the same scientific premises and views of the world from the same academic circles, the fact that they have been doubting the, the process that we in the West have. pursued. Pursued with this, I think actually has given my own skepticism from the right more credibility. To know from my own conscience, I'm not just seeing this from a partisan lens.
3: Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sure you're hearing this. Um, Go on, go on.
2: No, but I just wanted to give you the perspective that I was coming from. What, what, what prompted you to begin asking questions about this?
3: So. So that, you know, it's very interesting because if, you know, if you go back and you look at my Twitter feed, I was actually very concerned about this at the end of January through mid to late February. Um, and, you know, and then I started to wonder, I started to wonder, like, where is the explosion in China outside of Wuhan? It, it doesn't seem to be happening. And there were projections at the end of January that, you know, this thing has already spread everywhere we are not going to be able The Chinese are not going to be able to stop it in Beijing, Shanghai, and their other mega cities, no matter what they do, that turned out not to be the case. And even in Wuhan, you may recall, they built all these, they built all these centers and they, I'm sorry, they built all these centers and they, uh, you know, wound up empty. So that was like the first thing, but, but you know, then Italy happened. And and I, and you know, you heard the news out of Italy, these hospitals being overrun and it was terrible. And so, And so I would say it was really only towards the middle of March, the early to middle of March, when I started to wonder whether the numbers were really making sense. And realizing that so much of the uh, of the excess mortality was in people who were really old and really sick. Once you looked at the Italian numbers, that became clear. And so and so once it became clear that that was the case, the question was, how dangerous is this thing really? to most people it's clearly dangerous to some people it's dangerous to people who help you know who are who are uh, medically fragile but is it actually going to be that dangerous to the rest of us and is there evidence of that and i would say my skepticism started with that and then it became clear that the models just seem to have been pulled out of thin air
2: can you give our audience a a few of the highlights and folks if you are on twitter you have to follow him uh, at alex berenson it's b-e-r e n s o n b e r e n s o n I mean uh, uh, there's just so much great data there that you can go through um and I would imagine that uh, this has put you on the opposite ends of some folks that you typically would not be on opposite ends with in a in a debate yeah. of this magnitude I
3: mean, th- th- uh, that is that is a little bit true but it's less true than it used to be the other thing for me that 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 drove this is so last year I wrote a book called tell your Children. <laughs> Okay, and Tell Your Children is a book about cannabis, and it's not pro-cannabis, it's anti-cannabis. Again, my wife's a psychiatrist, so she sees, or I'd say it's anti-legalization. She sees that a lot of people who use cannabis become psychiatrically ill. Okay, all psychiatrists know this. Um, They know that cannabis can be mentally, you know, harmful to people, especially if you use a lot, especially if you start using it young. And there's very good data about this. And that's what Tell Your Children is about. It's about cannabis and mental illness and violence. Because people who are mentally ill, although we don't talk about this either, if they're psychotic, they tend to become violent. This is Again, no, no serious person who looks at the data can dispute this. It's beyond dispute. So I write this book and people on the left, remember, I was a reporter for The Times. The Times refuses to review it. The Washington Post refuses to review it. Mm. Wall Street Journal won't review it. The only places that will talk to me about my book, even to challenge me, are for the most part, uh, well, the people on the far left for, you know, the, in the cannabis community, they'll debate with me about it, or people on the right, like, like Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. will have me on to talk about it. And I realized, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I'm presenting a data-driven case about this issue I'll debate anybody, I'll talk to anybody about it, I'll answer any question, you know, certainly in a live interview about it, why won't you have me on to talk about this? This is a serious issue as we're talking about the legalization of this drug. Why don't we talk about this? And so when this happened in the last month, I was very familiar with the idea of media groupthink. And, and you know, I don't work for the Times anymore. I haven't worked for the Times for 10 years. I still know people there, you know, including some, you know, some prominent people there. But... But I'm outside that world, and I don't depend on it. I write, you know, the last several years, I wrote novels for a living, which, um, you know, which did pretty well. And so, and, you know, again, my wife's a physician, so I don't depend on a paycheck from the New York Times. So I can be, you know, logical and independent. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get it right, but it means that I'm at least apart from the rest of the, you know, the media group think on this.
2: Alex, going through your feed, you point out several, I think, key key data points about who's dying and where and how these the actual data does not line up with the models, the most recent, particularly the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, simulation from the University of Washington. Can you give our audience just a few of what you think are the big takeaway highlights from some of those discrepancies you've pointed out?
3: Sure. So, for example, in Italy, um, in the, in the first 10,000 deaths, uh, that they had, they didn't have a single death of anyone below 30. Um, I believe they had about a hundred deaths of people, uh, below 50. So the, when people, when you say the people who are dying are old and sick, the people who are dying are old and sick. Now, in some cases, and in some cases in the United States, because we vape a lot and vaping is not good for your lungs as we learned last year with you know, vaping associated lung injuries. Um, uh, some of those people may be getting sick. But for the most part, the people who are dying are very old and very sick. And they're and, and a lot of them are getting this in nursing homes and hospitals. If you look at the clusters that states have reported, there's a tremendous number of nursing home clusters. It makes perfect sense. This 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 is transmissible. Uh, you know, it's pretty easily transmissible, but it's not, it's not the measles. Okay. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just spread, you know, through a room and everybody gets sick. You need sort of somewhat close contact. So, so where do people get that? They get that in nursing homes. And by the way, they get it in families and apartments when there's lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so I would say the Italian data is very striking. The fact that the University of Washington model was wrong last week by a factor of four in predicting New York State hospitalizations. And hospitalizations are, in my mind, they're the key measure about this because hospitalizations predict what's gonna happen going forward. Mm-hmm. So, so you can count deaths, and by the way, there's a lot of arguments about the death coding around this right now, but you can you can count deaths, but deaths are lagging. Hospitalizations, some number of those people are gonna need vents, some number of those people are gonna die. That's gonna predict where the epidemic goes going forward. And the hospitalization numbers were way off. So I started pointing this out. I think that's sort of what got the most attention quickly. And then the craziest thing happened on Sunday night, this Sunday, University of Washington released a revised model. And even though they had literally just released it, it was wrong. In other words, it didn't, the data that it showed, the, pro, the quote unquote projection for New York state for Sunday did not match the actual numbers from New York State for Sunday. Wow! So they, instead of checking their model against reality, fitting, fitting the model to reality and trying to figure out what was going on, they just stuck with. Uh, I mean, they, they they made some changes to the projections, but then they didn't bother. It seems to check that against reality, and so, you know, I think I tweeted something like, "Well, if it's if it can't actually predict what's happening as it's happening." maybe you really can't trust it going forward. And, you know, I, I I mean, to me, this is a, this is a signal failure of people to, to look, you know, to open their eyes and see what's actually happening in real time when we have really good data available. And, you know, I I think as a reporter, that's what I'm good at um, is trying to see whether, what people are telling me match the reality of the numbers.
2: Based on what you're seeing from the numbers, where does this go next? Do you believe?
3: Well, so you know, I've been I've been wary of making predictions because so many people have made predictions are wrong. But it is hard to see um, how the eighty thousand number in the new University of Washington number we ever achieve. Now, if they look, if they if they start looking at the death of everybody, you know, over eighty who died from January through mm-hmm. May. And they insist on, you know, and they, and they do post, uh, you know, post uh, after death, um, uh, you know, uh, lab testing to see if those people had COVID um, or, or had SARS-CoV-2. Maybe they get there somehow. I don't know. But but when we're talking about the reality of this, in other words, is this filling hospitals? Is this is this a, you know, a modern plague for which we have to shut society? I just don't see how we possibly get to numbers that would justify what we've done with the lockdowns. Remember worldwide, 300 to 650,000 people a year die of the flu. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in the United States in a bad flu year, more than 50,000 people die. And that, that's not, you know, that's not me making it up. That's, that's off the CDC website. So, and we don't do anything about that. We tell people to get a flu vaccine and we don't do anything else. So if for the measures that we've taken here, what, what is the right number to justify what we've done? A half million people, a million people, I don't know. But it is nothing. It is it is orders of magnitude bigger than what is actually gonna happen.
2: I've got about 90 seconds here. If you had a chance, and you were in one of those White House press briefings, and you were called upon, Alex, what question would you ask, and of whom?
3: Uh, well, I, I'd say to the president, um, can you give us some metrics for when we're going to reopen things? How are we going to decide this? Even, even if we're not going to reopen tomorrow, is it, is it the number of people in hospitals and their spare capacity? Is it right. increasing or decreasing cases? Give us something that we can look at prospectively, that when we hit that, we are going to go forward. And, and let's stick to that.
2: Alex Berenson from the New York, former reporter uh, for the New York Times. It's been uh, striking uh and must see to follow your work the last few weeks i know that you are swamped with daddy duty and i'm guessing other requests thank you for carving out some time for us here today on the blaze really we we really appreciate it
3: steve it's a tremendous pleasure and you know let's keep watching this going forward
2: you got it brother take care god bless take care any thoughts before we get out of here for hour one on that conversation
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Just amazing. Besides the specifics of dealing with coronavirus itself, he was an absolute echo to what Steve's been telling you about both within journalism and in the scientific community. What's driving what? Is the data driving worldview or is the worldview driving data? And Alex Barrison just gave you a seminar on what's happening and how it happens. Where
2: does the expertise end and the worldview bias begin?
1: Yeah. And I remember us saying uh, at the very beginning when we started asking these questions, when you when your immediate response to those questions is demagoguery, that's when you know that you're probably mm-hmm. asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it sounds like Alex's experience with the book that he wrote regarding cannabis. it sounds like that uh, specially equipped him. <laughs> for doing what he's done over the last four
2: weeks right because he already stood up to one prevailing win cultural tide already on that issue correct all right we'll come back fake news or not and pop culture tuesday where we are gonna go there we are when we come back stay tuned And we're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 888 933 93. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at SteveDaceShowYouTube.com slash SteveDace, where you can get clips of the show that you can sample and share. Please don't forget to leave us five star reviews if you like it. And if you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you as well. And those five star reviews. Help us to know that you appreciate us and for us to get even more appreciation because that helps the show to grow the more of those we get. So thank you to all of you that have given us one already and please keep them coming. All right, let's get to our number two here and we're going to have, I hope I don't regret this later, but um, we're going to have a conversation here in a moment that I have told you for many, many years. We're not going to have, but we are going to have it. And I'm actually the one that suggested we go there. So don't blame Todd and Aaron. They didn't wear me down, right? You guys didn't take me hostage. I told you yesterday we were going to do about what we're about to do, correct? I brought it up to you, unprompted.
0: I have found no small print in my contract that says I can take you hostage for anything, so I think that's true. All right, just
2: want to make sure we clarified all of that. Pop Culture Tuesday this week, brought to you by our friends over at home at Tidal Lock. It is shocking that your home can be stolen this easily, and Deborah learned this brutal lesson the hard way when thieves found the title to her home online, and then they forged the document to make it appear that she sold her home, but she had not. Then they borrowed thousands against her home's equity. She lost eighty grand in equity, didn't even know about it until she was a victim and the foreclosure notices arrived, even an eviction notice. Then she spent a fortune trying to get her home back. This crime is called home title fraud, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crime waves in the country. You want to avoid this right now. Hard times bring out even worse scammers. And your homeowner's insurance and your bank does not protect you, but for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will protect your most important investment. Chances are, from almost everybody listening, is their own home. All right? So first things first, go online to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to find out if your home's title has already been tampered with. And while you're there, you can sign up for a month of free protection using the promo code Steve. One month of free protection using the promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Okay, so Pop Culture Tuesday is when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And was it this year we, we were talking about the Netflix show Messiah or was that last year? Because I can't even keep track of time right now, guys. Oh,
0: uh, in the get, i think that it might was have this been year. January. Yeah, I think it was. this Yeah,
2: because now that I think about it. Amy and I watched it over Christmas on Netflix because it debuted like on New Year's Day or something. Okay, so over our Christmas vacation because we didn't come back till January sixth. Yeah, it was one of the first things we talked about. Actually, now that I remember, on Pop Culture Tuesday, is we talked about the Netflix series Messiah. And the tagline of the series was, will he con you or convert you? I think is, is that what he said, right? That I don't remember. Was that the tagline? Con you or convert you? Uh, Something like that. And I said at the time, watching the show, and it's still on Netflix now, it it has been canceled. They're not going to do a second season. Netflix did not renew it. But I actually believe that is for the best. And, and if you go back and listen to that podcast when we broke that show down, I said at the time that I think it'd be better if they did not do another season and left it as open as to who, which side this gentleman is on as they possibly could. And I am convinced, in fact, I think all three of us, didn't we all agree after watching it separately that we actually think they are depicting the shows produced by Roma Downey. And her husband, Mark Burnett, who did the Bible miniseries that was very successful a few years ago. And Roma Downey's involved in a lot of faith based entertainment. Given that they're behind this and the wokiness of the messianic character and some of the things he does to clearly not declare who he is the the chaos he wants to cause, the murkiness of what he's causing, because the Bible is very, because and, and, I did, because Downey's Catholic, so I asked you at the time, are 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 Catholic Catholics in, in terms of the eschatology, are you guys taught that when Christ returns, the whole world is going to know that he is going, it's going to be a declaration like what Protestants are taught. Uh, which is, regardless of whatever millennial view we have, we are taught that that he will literally appear, in, coming on the clouds of heaven, like he says in the in the like in the book of and Daniel that Mel Gibson, a Catholic, has him quoting you know from the New Testament back to to Caiaphas in in the Passion. Are you guys taught that as Catholics as well?
0: Yeah. We have, when my answer was that ultimately yes, but like from the word go, that's a different question. All right, because. That's, that's an important calculus, I think, to gauge
2: the theory that I have, which is the, the film is depicting an, an antichrist. Um, because if, if, if Catholics are taught that, that there is not, and Downey is a Catholic or is taught in eschatology, that it is not made abundantly clear to the world, this is the second coming of Christ, then you could, then you could kind of maybe have the other perspective. Uh, our buddy Bob Vanderplotz actually thought that it was depicting the Messiah, but I think the three of us all believe this is an antichrist that they are depicting.
0: It better be. <laughs> That's probably the best uh, answer. Yeah. It, it better right. be, because yeah. the, the, if it's, it's a, just a dreadful show if it's actually important. agreed,
2: Agreed. I would, In fact, I'm only recommending it's very well done, yes. by the way. It's very well done. The acting is very well done. The way that it places itself in the real world is very well done. But if I wasn't convinced when I got to the end, because at the beginning I was concerned. Rightly so. All right. And the more we got to the end, the more convinced I became that this is about the Antichrist. If I wasn't convinced of that, I wouldn't recommend the show because it is, it's, it's a great tool of deception. There was a show that came out a few years ago that Netflix has now picked up and it's one of their more successful shows called Lucifer. And it started on Fox and it's about, um, you know, the devil is bored in hell and decides to come up here and wreak havoc because I'm really interested whenever the, whenever popular culture gets into our spiritual themes, what it has to say. I watched the first episode. It's exceedingly well done. And it, it creates Satan is essentially Lucifer is made to be a dirty, hairy esque anti-hero. Um, um, and he's essentially doing some of the dirty work. Like he helps a, a, the, an L.A. policewoman solve crimes and things of that nature and, and murders. Um, he, he essentially takes on doing the the work that a distant, uh, passive-aggressive God should be doing. Or at least it was very clear from the pilot that that's how they were setting this up. Like, like the His Dark Materials, the Golden Compass, those books, that's the premise that they operate from, that Lucifer's the hero. And that's why I never watched another episode. That's why I didn't recommend it to the audience because it was to, it was clear to me this was deception on a spiritual level is what it was. If I thought that Netflix's Messiah was depicting an actual return of Christ, I, I wouldn't recommend it because that ain't the Jesus of the Bible by any reasonable stretch of the imagination. All right? There's enough there's enough gleanings there that it would, it would deceive people. But when you actually get beyond the surface level of, of what he's saying and doing and, be, and how he's behaving, that's, that ain't the son of man descending on the clouds of heaven by any reasonable stretch. So I like your answer the best, Todd. It better be about yeah. the Antichrist, all right? Um, so we bring that up, and Aaron, you had the same opinion too, right? You thought it was about the Antichrist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we bring that up as a segue now that it was announced last week that the show has been canceled. It's not going to be renewed for a second season. We bring it up to segue to the topic we are going to discuss. Now, let me, because I want to shut this email off right now because I know I'm going to get it. I am not suggesting that you ever change... Your or confirm your eschatological or theological view on anything the Bible has to say based on what's going on in the world around you at the time. That's not exeget, exeget, that's not exegesis, it's eisegesis. All right where you're doing what Alex Berenson was, was pointing out that the University of Washington Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation survey was doing, which is you're not changing your model to reflect the actual data we have, but you're imposing your model on that data, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that you should be more premillennial or less so or, or change your mind on this based on what's happening in the world today. But I've always said when the topic of, of eschatology has come up and I've been willing to discuss it, that even though I consider myself skeptical of pretty much all of the three millennial views, amillennialism, postmillennialism, premillennialism, I think they all have some traits, some arguments that I can't argue against, but I think I can I can argue against some of their arguments that I'm not firmly in any of their camps, which is not a position you know I'm comfortable with. I'm much more comfortable being firmly in camps I'm not comfortable just um, meandering my way through things. I'm much more comfortable being at a camp uh, if I can def- on things of, in- of existential importance. I should say if I can argue something definitively, I'm much more happy where it's cut and dried. But I have said I, that I've always thought the strongest argument for the premillennial view. I've said that on this show before. You guys have heard me say this, right? The, the strongest argument for it that I cannot argue is the idea of an antichrist character, a man of lawlessness. Uh emerging in the future, right? That that and it it seems pretty clear in any context, in any form of Bible study I've done, that when Paul mentions this in the book of in, in in Thessalonians, he is talking about an event that has not yet come because he's talking to a group of people that are concerned that they missed the return of Christ. And he is telling them that, and explaining to them that they haven't missed it, that one of the things that is going to happen that has yet to occur is what? the coming of a man of lawlessness, all right? He is clearly speaking in that book in, of future events, at least to the people of uh, Thessalonica that he was talking to at the time, okay? So, with that said, is that a long enough disclaimer, do you think? Or have I still you set myself up to get blistered it's, later?
1: It's, it's always going to be insufficient, but that's...
2: Nice that's, try. It's yeah. long enough, but still insufficient, Yeah. Right? It's 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 appropriate, but it will still be wrong. Okay, well that's good to know. Which is why you know I hate very, discussing this topic. Very helpful. Okay, because yeah. that's how that's where it always goes every time. Is it? Well, that was interesting, but you're it's bad. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> has it ever been easier or simpler to see how an antichrist could emerge and how fast? it could happen than what we are witnessing right now nope. where a month ago, a lot of people who didn't believe they could on, on every side of the aisle who didn't believe that either because they don't trust the liberal media or they don't trust the racist president, whatever their rationale is for why they have this endemic knowledge, foundational knowledge, That they cannot trust the government. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whichever and whatever angle they're coming from that led them to this metaphysical certitude. And within the last month, a lot of people from on both of those angles have decided, when faced with something larger than themselves. Something of an existential nature that they cannot explain, explain away, they cannot confront on their own, that defies and confounds their their own uh, materialistic premises, have decided that all of a sudden, now they can. All of a sudden, now they can. The amount of Christians I have had send me notes on social media in my email in the last month. Well, what about Spain? What about Italy? So we're we're globalists now? I mean, I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when the European Union was going to be the reconstituted Roman Empire of, of Daniel's statue, leading to the uh the the events culminating in a rapture. I'm old enough to remember that. You old enough to remember that? True. Sure. Yeah. And now suddenly, I've got a lot of the Christians who believe that, and and have forgotten that the European Union is dreadful, terrible, and why the people of the United Kingdom voted themselves out of it because they were essentially the sugar daddy along with Germany of the entire continent and were sick of it. Okay, but suddenly now we are to just assume, we are to just assume that the 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 data we get from uh, that, that we're just like Spain and Italy left-wingers all of a sudden are like, I, I I, really think we need to have all of the power concentrated in Donald Trump's hands and the government stay shut forever and the country stays shut forever. And why hasn't Trump been more of a dictator? Why has he been more of a fascist? I mean, yesterday they were standing up there asking him, why haven't you closed the grocery stores? Why can I still go get a big Mac at McDonald's from the same people convinced this man is the new Hitler and and a, and an anti-Semitic racist, despite the fact he has largely put his Jewish son-in-law in charge of the country, at least the parts Anthony Fauci's not running, right? Yes. Okay. And over something that a month ago, a lot of people on the right and left either thought wasn't a big deal, or Trump was making too big of a deal and to, to use it as an excuse to exercise his xenophobia. So a lot of people on the right thought it was a hoax a month ago and a lot of people on the left thought Trump was just using this to get his xenoph- xenophobe on to ban Chinese travel because he hates Asians. Right? Right. Right. And all of that psychosis is now suddenly headfirst jumped into this cultural cauldron and anointed a man that most people even a week ago still wouldn't didn't know is it Fauci or Fauci? Didn't know anything about this guy's bio like do you know that then anthony fauci's behind these commercials you see on television that with, with that tell homosexuals to go out there even with hiv and have sex it's safe now now yesterday he told you you may not be able to resume your real life your normal life until there's a vaccine for sars 2 coronavirus I'm, I'm sorry do we have a vaccine for aids is there a vaccine for aids we do not we do not yet yeah. Him and Big Pharma found a drug that had, that can so deteriorate the virus that you don't even test positive for it when you have it. So it's safe. Go out there, have sex with HIV, nothing to worry about. We can even decriminalize in places like California and Washington State, New York. We can now decriminalize the spreading of HIV. It's all clear. But the rest of us, though, the rest of us, when this is all said and done, what do you think is going to kill more people, HIV or SARS-2 coronavirus when it's all said and done, do you think?
0: You asking that with a straight face just to make sure I
2: shouldn't even have to ask, right? But because it's pretty obvious. Yes, HIV. Right. But so the rest of us though, we can't, we may not be able to go back to our normal lives without a vaccine. But if you've got HIV, that same Anthony Fauci right now says you can go have sex with HIV and you're good to go without a vaccine. Does that make any sense to you? Does that make any sense to you? No. You know why it doesn't make any sense? Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Right. But how many of our people? our fellow countrymen of of, of various political persuasions have cast their cares upon him for he cares about you. How many have many Legion, how many? And I like when we use that word on purpose, how many more will do it gentlemen or how many more would do it? If it wasn't a five foot six dude from, from, from New York but was a dashing, in a dashing individual that f- walked right out of central casting, and seemingly had comprehensive answers on all kinds of things that are beyond our reach. Because he, if you if you were if you were casting the lead for the next Left Behind movie, and you were looking for the next to who's going to play Anthony Nikolai Carpathia, would you cast somebody look like Anthony Fauci for that role? probably not probably not but oh has his silver tongue how many has it seduced right away it is literally from his lips to god's ears or from god's lips to his ears right i mean he's got he's got divine rights of kings most favored nation status all right i wonder if if luther were here today would we even have to would we even have to debate martin luther whether or not pope fauci was infallible. He tiptoes between the raindrops. What he says goes. Could you only imagine if it was somebody that even more fit the bill, how easily we would fall.
0: You have any thoughts on this? I have never been more certain in anything in my life, than the kind of thing Steve is talking about right now, you know, you you wonder, you 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 learn the importance philosophically of having a framework, an ideology, a worldview, so that you can handle life as it comes to you. So it's not like you're always drinking from the fire hose right. because life comes at you fast, bro, and you got to have a framework for dealing with it so you're not overcome by right. that. But. You know, there's one thing in theory and then in practice when it really hits and you wonder as in as a man, you definitely wonder, will I be able to stand in my case? I brought it up before when when I did work at the Des Moines Register and I got arrested and basically I was left hung out to dry. Would I be able to stand through that? And you, and you see what it takes to do that. And now you see writ large and again as i said earlier on the show i was uniquely prepared to have this kind of epidemic without to confront it from uh, from the beginning but to watch now people that would have overlapped with our our worldview in many many respects before this happened now to watch them on twitter looking at pictures of the lines in wisconsin of people going out to vote and how people are choosing freedom for whatever reason they're choosing it over fear or at least this particular fear their version of freedom may be fear the the level of panic attack that this is causing some people if if that's true you, you 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 can't Ignore that. Whatever life is going forward, you must understand what Steve is talking about here. The, we are more predisposed as ever as a people in the history of mankind than at this moment to believe the kind of lies Steve is talking about because our brains are so much bigger. We are more educated now. That turns things up to 11. I said mm-hmm. that again. It's on sta- The smarter you are, you can take lies and just turn them into... This is uh, Steve, the superhero in the uh, that g- gets more powerful the more you attack them. Um, are you talking about Doomsday? Doomsday. The villain. Honestly, yeah. we are watching Doomsday right now in terms of our fear culturally. It And it, it, it's no respect for a party or persons. It's attacking everybody right now. And just like when Steve was talking with Aaron Berenson, that's why you would tr- you should start trusting it. This is not anything to do with party. This is about our humanity, the lies we've chosen, and how long we've been dedicated them uh, as our idols
2: when we've had our our initial meetings uh, about the nefarious plot movie and our initial conversations here so far this year you know there's still there was there was still that struggle of how far can we go for a mainstream audience right we're not struggling with that right now. No, no. If anything, our, our here's what we're tempted. We're now we're concerned it might be so on the nose, people might groan. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just too, it's it's too easy and plain now. now. It's, a,
0: it's just a documentary now. That's it. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. Now we're like we don't want to do our, like a self parroting an unintentional uh, spiritual Spinal Tap where we sell where we just mockumentary ourselves. I mean the 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 the, the permission of where we have to go with this storyline now is it with with an audience is so m- much more vast than it even was a few weeks ago, because of how easily we have shown we can be groomed and conditioned for such a man of lawlessness. What are your thoughts, Aaron?
1: Yes, the conditions that you're seeing. Just just walk outside anecdotally or, or not because you might get arrested, uh, something like that. Look at the conditions. It is ripe. For exploitation and look at how we've reacted just on just on the individual level, not on a public policy, just on the individual level where you cannot go to the grocery store without two out of every three, two out of every four people walking away from you actively to keep their distance from you and looking out of the corner of their eye at you. It's happening. It's happened in my family. It happened on the walk the other day. Where people are so are so distrustful of each other, your neighbors don't trust you. Your neighbors look out of the corner of their eyes at you, and instead, who they trust are the almighty experts telling them to keep their social distance, telling them, um, t- telling them that this is going to get out of hand, this is going to infect or or kill millions of people. Because how we used to respond to crises, we would all come together. We would all, and where would we go? Right. We would all meet in the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't go to church now, basically anywhere. Today, you can go vote in Wisconsin, though. Meanwhile, meanwhile, instead of coming together and trusting your neighbor, just as a shared humanity, we now look out of the corner of our eyes at our neighbor and look to the almighty government for what we should do next. And boy, howdy, if that's not... If that is not a Petri dish ripe, ripe for, for being taken advantage of, yep. I don't know what is. And you are absolutely right. You know, you could, you, you could theorize any one of us who've read the Left Behind novels. I'm t- saying that tongue-in-cheek. You could kind of theorize a little bit, you know, how how people could be taken over, you know, as as information has become more readily available and more accessible and quicker and in our pockets than ever before, it became more and more, more and more, I don't know, plausible to see how a man of lawlessness, as you said, the Antichrist could arise. But now when you see things, and I'm not talking about the public policy, I'm talking about at the individual yes. level. Yes, yes. You really see it now. Because it's one thing when you're thinking about it and you're talking about it in the context of ha, ha left behind. It's another thing when you go out there and you get weird looks like you have the plague from your neighbors, from your neighbors. It's it's crazy.
2: Somebody close to me called me yesterday, check in and see how we're doing. And they asked me, Hey, did you hear about this nurse, man? I saw saw this nurse on the news and and how she's just destroyed that her hospital can't keep up. And I I told this person that story is fake news. A uh, woman's mentally ill, hasn't worked there in like a year and a half or something. And the other person for a second it was like they wanted to fight me. And I mean, we this person and I were really close. On a personal level. This isn't like some casual relationship. And for a second, there was like a pause, like they wanted to fight me. And that is That goes to. Uh, that's kind of an example of what you're talking about, there. Yeah. That the feeling of needing to belong and the power of that, and we're the allure of together, that. Steve. Yes, and the allure of that. Unless you're the mayor of Chicago, or what town was it? Was Chicago. That? Yeah, yeah. Where you can go get your hair cut, but we can't. Then, then we're not
1: we'll arrest you for getting your yeah haircut. we'll arrest you
2: yeah um the allure and the desperate need to feel like you belong to something um in many respects psychologically culturally i don't know that we ever leave high school you know uh, the the cattiness the clickiness um the gossiping um the hormones uh, who sits with who um, I, I i don't know that we ever leave high school and now the ability just to connect all that psychosis and angst together so simply they're tracking how we practice our social distancing with our with our mobile phones etc it's just never been more plausible that a figure could arise what if what if this was in a in, in a a Captain Tripp's apocalyptic kind of event. How quickly would we look for someone who, 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 who could show us the way that we could put all our faith and trust in? Has that ever been more obvious than right now? I, I don't think so. I don't. And I'm not, normally when, when I make a point about something, it's because it's to lead to another point. I don't really have that right now this is more Mm. observational that I think it's just something we need to file away. Well, for future keeping
0: in light of everything that's being said, watch what people are saying in terms of an Easter message, because there's a lot of forfeit gospels out there right now. Mm. Have eyes to see and ears to hear right now. Mm. We'll come
2: back. Fake news or not. 30 plus year epidemiologist has some, some issues with the uh, with the Fauci coronavirus plan. We'll find out if he's fake news too. Next. Fake news or not? Brought to you by our friends over at Riduzone, the grazing, let's face it for a lot of us is probably getting out of control. How many of us are doing boredom meeting right now? And there aren't too many places to go. So the activity level is down. More and more of us are working from home or not working. So we're more sedentary and docile, right? You know what that means. Little Debbie becomes pleasantly plump Debbie here uh, before too long. That's where our friends over at RidUZone come in. Uh, It's the only FDA approved product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you in your belly to know when you're full to stop eating, get those cravings under control and reduce your calorie intake. If you want to give Riduzone a shot, now would be as good a time as any. With the use of my name, Steve is the promo code. When you go to the website, Riduzone.com, that's the only place you can get it, by the way. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E is how you spell it. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E z-o-n-e for riduzone.com use my name steve as the promo code and you'll get up to 65% off of your order as well as free shipping up to 65% off and free shipping for riduzone.com promo code steve for fake news or not um is it it's newt Knut wellington no newt witkowski witkowski i wasn't (laughs) even close i wasn't even close (laughs) gosh <laughs> and now, let me show you my 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 volumes of research I have done. Right?
0: Was it Bob Sacramento? Was that who it was? <laughs> I P. Freely,
2: who is, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that was good. I haven't laughed like that in a few weeks, and it was at my own expense, which made it even worse. All right, so uh, this gentleman, who will remain nameless, um, in all seriousness, this video is up on my Facebook page uh, and my Twitter account. I'd urge you to watch the whole thing. It's about 40 minutes. I went through and watched it uh, and studied it last night. Todd, you checked him out. He's legit.
0: As far as I can tell. All right, yeah, but I mean, like, this isn't a
2: a flat-earth society or anything like that, right?
0: No, and you, you said as much on the show. You knew more. It, uh, you did the research into the Rockefeller. I mean, yeah. I knew it wasn't some Friday Rockefeller night thing, College
2: but- is considered one of the top 15 yeah. biology, medical research institutions in the world. I think that was by U.S. News and World Report who did that survey that I looked at or somebody like that. He's,
1: he All was right? the chair for 20 years of the, I, I think it's uh, statistical modeling and yeah. epidemiology department there. So, so at, at a world-renowned
2: medical. Yeah. And you go to their website. You know, the number one thing they tout on their website website is medical research that's the that's their that's their thing at rockefeller college medical research
0: what i'm gonna tell you right now will make sense after steve starts talking but right now he admits when people are going to him as an expert on this that he he himself is openly defying quarantine and he's going to underground bars and restaurants and speakeasies and and putting his money where his mouth is yes yes okay
2: All right, so I I saw this video courtesy of uh, the iHeart Talk Station in Phoenix. KFKY, I think is what it is, or something like that. We're going to share with you six clips of this interview with this gentleman, and we're going to go through these as fast as we can and decide, do we think it's fake news or not? Here's the first one.
4: With every respiratory disease... We should protect the elderly and fragile, because when they get pneumonia, they have a high risk of dying of the pneumonia. So, that is one of the key issues that we could, should keep in mind. On the other hand, children do very well with these diseases. They are evolutionarily designed to be uh, exposed to all sorts of viruses in during their lifetime, and so they should keep going to school and infecting each other and that contributes to herd immunity which means after about four weeks at the most the elderly people could start joining their family because then we the virus would have been extinguished
2: when you look at uh, our friend Alex Berenson, we had on last hour, did some uh, looking at a uh, state to the north of us here in Iowa, Minnesota. They're reporting 29 people have died from COVID 19. Uh, the median age of those 29 people in Minnesota was 86. One of the younger individuals to die of SARS 2 coronavirus in Minnesota was a 69 year old. Uh, so, not exactly young, but he had also gone through a double lung transplant. Uh, during the course of his life as well. So your thoughts there on what he has to say about herd immunity. And there's actually an article in Reuters today saying sending the kids home from school didn't do anything to stop the spread of this. So that was basically pointless.
0: Well, this guy is me, even before coronavirus. I've said as much on this show. And if you, I came back to work after I had the week off when my father died, who may very well have died from coronavirus I came back, I think, on March 9th. So sometime during that week, you go back, I tweeted out almost this verbatim.
1: Yes. And uh, I I don't know what I mean, other than the, the, the fake news about, uh, you know, evolutionary design or whatever. That's just, you know, that's that's his world. That's his worldview, that's And he, still agrees, worldview, and he yeah. still agrees with what the, the actual data is that we're seeing right here. And so I, I said this from the very beginning. It makes no sense when Grinnell College here, one of the first colleges uh, here in Iowa in this in, in the nation, sent all of their students home from class Hey dipwads! If anybody's got it on campus, or there's an asymptomatic spread on campus, like you're saying that it it, it is, it's better to keep them all in one relatively confined area than sending them back to their tone, you know, their dozens of town uh, um, hometowns. So yeah.
2: All right. Clip number two
4: all respiratory diseases, the only thing that stops the disease is herd immunity. About 80% of the people need to have had contact with the virus, and the majority of them won't even have recognized that they were infected or they had very, very mild symptoms, especially if they're children. So it's very important to keep the schools open and kids mingling to spread the virus to get herd immunity as fast as possible. And then the elderly people who should be separated and the nursing homes should be closed during that time can come back and meet their children and grandchildren after about four weeks when the virus has been exterminated.
0: Todd. True news. And what's particularly galling about this is the concept of herd immunity, has been known for a long time before vaccinations were were as prominent as they are now. But it was very much hijacked by the uh, vaccination community. And if if you get in any vaccination discussion on Twitter, the the pro-vax crowd, the militant, will come back at you. Herd immunity, herd immunity. Why don't you believe in it now? That's my question to you. Because it's more efficacious when it comes naturally than it does through vaccines. Can I explain what I think you're saying to
2: the audience of course. for someone who has a different view of vaccines, yes. but I'm not militant about it. Do you know why I'm not concerned about your views of vaccines? Yes, I do. Because I'm vaccinated. Correct. So if if since I'm vaccinated, why do I need to be concerned about your views of the of vaccines? Right. Because I'm vaccinated. I mean, I I spent a week in the poorest country in our hemisphere exposed directly to a level of poverty i talked for a living i couldn't even begin to describe and do it justice what we saw right and what did i have to make sure before the state department gave me a passport and cleared me to go there what did i have to have up to date across the board to make that trip what do you think i had to have up to date
0: a lot of vaccines. Yeah, a lot.
2: Pretty much every mandatory vaccine and booster shot, I had to have them all up to date. Even at, I, I, this was seven years ago now, so I was 40 at the time. So as a 40-year-old man, I still had to go in and get several updated booster shots and everything else to go. And why did they let me back into the country after going to such a sickly place and let... um you know, our entire party, including the actor, Stephen Baldwin, it was about seven or eight of us that went down there together, right? Why they let us all back in the country after we had been exposed to everything that is going around that country down in Haiti. Why did they let us back in? Because we had been vaccinated. This is what you're talking about, which is right. Which is why are my, why are you so concerned about my particular views when you're already vaccinated? Shouldn't you be immune to whatever stupid decision you believe I am making, right? That's essentially your argument.
0: Well, yeah, and it goes beyond the medical. It goes beyond to the philosophical. Why don't you believe right now? Put it to the test. If, if, if Do you, you believe-, believe in your
2: own immunizations then if you're that panicked about my decision, sure. right? Yeah.
1: Yep, that's well said.
2: Yep. All right. And he's saying, what? hey, it's a respiratory virus. Why are we taking the children that are that are? you know, probably have the best respiratory uh, systems in terms of their energy levels and They're everything the herd. else. They're the herd. Why are we sequestering them from building immunity within the culture? Why are we doing that? It doesn't make any
0: sense. In four weeks instead of the 18 months that yeah. everybody says it's going to take the vaccine, even if you believe that will be fully efficacious, mm-hmm. four weeks versus 18 months.
4: I think you want to go to the next clip? We'll go to the next clip. Well, yep. what people are trying to do is to flatten the curve. I don't really know why. But what happens if you flatten the curve, you also prolong to widen it and it takes more time. And I don't see a good reason for a respiratory disease to stay in the population longer than necessary.
0: And what do you say to people who say, we just didn't know
1: about the lethality of this uh, virus and you know, we're,
0: it was the smartest thing to do was just to, to basically uh, do what we did and contain everybody because we just didn't have the data?
4: Oh, we had two other SARS viruses before, uh, so uh, coronaviruses. It's not the first coronavirus uh, that comes out, and it won't be the last. And for all respiratory diseases, we have the same type of an epidemic. If you leave it alone, it comes for two weeks, it peaks, and it goes for two weeks, and it's gone.
2: Aaron, I'll let you go first this time. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I don't know why, I don't know why our response. To this current corona- and he's absolutely right. I mean, there was a story that Stephen Miller on Twitter retweeted. I think it was from 2015 or 2017 about how researchers at <clears throat> the Wuhan infectious disease lab or whatever this one this one is are concerned about how this intermediate horseshoe bat, which is where this er- originally came from, or at least that's being theorized. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly uh, this intermediate horseshoe bat it contains basically a ticking time bomb cocktail of viruses. And they were worried about that. So yes, this is not going to be, this has not been the first one. This is not going to be the last one. Why other than China lied, people died, WHO lied and people died. Why on earth we just responded so rashly differently to this one. That is why we have conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists. Yes, that's why whenever I'm not I'm not I'm no, not no, advocating right. that, but whenever, that's why we have that.
2: whenever it is clear people insist on doing things that don't work and aren't working. You leave people no alternative, but to then assume the most sinister motivations for why you're continuing with this. Right. I mean, even there's even just since we talked to Alex Berenson, there's another update from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that our buddy Sean Davis over at the Federalist is just destroying right now as we speak. you leave people and then when you're and then when you're the guy who's your funder is going out there and saying well you can't go to church or a sporting event again until we vaccinate the entire world of course with the vaccines that you know my companies are making you only when when you persist in going against what is reality you leave people no choice then to assume the most sinister motivations because it's just hard for people to believe you're just this stubbornly dumb
0: you know, Steve, when you were talking about try, at the beginning of the show trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, I've been the most contrarian right now. But here's one in an answer to this where I, uh, I simultaneously had an impulse to give everybody the benefit of the adult, but also I found it very nefarious. The whole flattening the curve thing from the perspective, why did they say they were going to do that? Not to get rid of the virus, no, but, but, but to, to protect the, the overwhelming health, of the over, system. Okay, yeah. that in, in my gut, that sounded Okay, I can I can deal with that. I could too but, but, you know, then but the it, flattening the curve, they were so ready with that. Yeah. The talking point across the board, that also made me feel a little unsettled.
1: And then the mission creep from flatten the curve to stop the spread. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yep. blown up now. Yep.
4: Yeah. Next clip. There are no more new cases in China and in South Korea. The number of new cases in Europe is already beginning to decline. The virus came later to the U.S., so here we see a bit of an incline maybe and a leavening off within the next couple of days. And if we see that the cases are not increasing dramatically, that means that the number of new infections has already declined substantially and peaked about a week ago.
3: Do you believe the
1: Chinese statistics? Do you think they've lied to us? Do you you believe
4: the stats that have come out of China? Uh, The epidemic has ended there, yes. Because otherwise we would see people uh, emerging. And even in China, it's today very difficult uh, to keep information under the hood. If there were lots of cases in hospitals, if the hospitals that they built the temporary hospitals were still full, we would hear that. This could not be suppressed.
2: See, I disagree with almost every word of that.
0: I disagree with half of it.
2: Um, I, I I, actually have the same conclusion he does, but from a different premise. That the reason why infections and everything are down is because this thing has been running through our system for yes. three months. And, and, okay? and he says that. He does later. say that yeah. later. Yeah, he does. But I don't agree that we can trust the China data on projections on on really any level
0: i I don't think we can. i mean i think the how the impact it had in terms of volume already Mm -hmm. we we still don't know that that's true but whether it's going on Virulently right now, they had some small spikes, which we admit uh, is going to happen. But I, I don't, th- I don't think it's happening right now, and we don't know about it. But, but also related to this, it's amazing. It, regarding healthcare, and this backs him up. Regarding healthcare, we're always supposed to believe in this country that we're supposed to compare ourselves to Sweden. Right? How much are you hearing about what Sweden's doing right, right now?
2: I know it's it's an odd place where I am now the one saying. Let's follow this. Let's, 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 let's go ahead and take a look at what Sweden is doing. I've been told my whole career yeah. that I need to look more at Sweden and, and their socialism. I'm, now, suddenly, I'm like, I'm, in, I'm totally on Team Sweden, Sweden right now. And I'm being Sweden? told, uh, what, 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 Sweden, wrecked them, barely knew him. What's a Sweden? I don't know what that is. Do we have time for another clip here, Aaron, or not? Uh, we can try, yeah. All right, let's try it.
4: I'm not paid by the government. So I, I'm entitled to actually do science. Uh, if the government hadn't, if there had been no intervention, the epidemic would have been over.
2: Aaron? Uh,
1: again, I, I don't want to be guilty of of, uh, of, of, doing the same thing that I've been accusing others of doing bias. with the unfalsifiability yeah. fallacy. Yeah. I, I don't think we can know that for sure right now. I don't think there's any question, though, that the response has been much more of an overreaction. Uh, then, what they were telling us it would be, the, the, the response has been completely unproportional so far to what we've seen.
2: Yes. You have to keep in mind, um, we haven't been doing uniform social distancing this whole time that we've seen this drop. You're just now getting into the time period where the data of social distancing would impact the drop and it doesn't account therefore for all of the drops that we are seeing. Don't let them BS you on that level. All right, we're going to stick around here, do some overtime for the rest of you. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
1: On the Blaze Radio Network.